Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are you? Today, I'm introducing a new kind of Tech Stuff episode. Now, listeners who have been with me for a long, long time might remember the old uh, listener mail episodes where I would say listener mail in an extremely obnoxious way, and we would have a terrible sound effect play afterward. And we had equal amounts of mail about listener mail, with about half saying... I hate it. I hate how you do it. Stop doing it. I still want the listener mail episodes, but stop introducing it the way you introduce it. And the other half said, I think it's hilarious. Keep doing it. And eventually I just stopped because, you know, I was alienating like half the audience. But now we have a new type of tech stuff episode, which means we have a new uh, opportunity to have a way to introduce these types of episodes. And I'm calling this type of episode. A Tech Stuff Talk Back.
Now, for those of you who have not heard, if you use the iHeartRadio app, which is a free app you can download to your phone, and you use that to access the Tech Stuff podcast, you'll see there's a little microphone icon. It's both on the main Tech Stuff page, and it's also on every single episode that's in the app. If you click on that icon, then you can leave a 30-second voice message to us. And Tari and I are the only two people who can listen to those messages. So you can leave a message to the show in general, or you can go into a specific episode and leave an episode-specific message. Uh, on the back end, we can see what episode you, you clicked on and all that, so it makes it really easy to figure out who is talking about what. So listener Greg sent me a couple of messages, including one that was just really friendly saying, thank you for the show. Thank you, Greg. That was really thoughtful of you. And he used the talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. So first off, shout out to you, Greg, for being the first person to use that feature to contact me. Uh, I am not counting the test message I sent to myself. Also, while technically using talkback gives me the right to use the audio, that is recorded. So in other words, if you leave a message, technically because of the agreements, the user agreements, I can use that audio. However, uh, that's not my style. I am not sure if Greg is cool with me using his audio. So I'm just going to summarize what he asked. Uh, Now, if folks in the future use the talkback feature and you want me to include that audio in an episode, like you would like it if I had that play and then answer your question, just let me know. And you can say, it's cool to use this in your episode or something along those lines. Now, Greg's talkback came in before I set those expectations. So I'm just going to assume by default, he would prefer I not include it. And that is because I much prefer opt-in systems where you choose to be part of it rather than opt-out systems where you expressly have to say, hey, don't use this. Um, So I would rather err on the side of opting in. Anyway, Greg has been listening to Tech Stuff since 2016, and he had a couple of requests. For one, he wanted to know if I had any direct personal experience with riding around in Tesla vehicles, particularly with the full self-driving system turned on. And I can answer that one right away. I do not have that experience. Uh, I have a neighbor, my next door neighbor, who has a Tesla. I mean, he lives literally right next to me. But uh, we are not in the, hey, can I hop in your car phase of our relationship. We're more in the, hey, I accidentally got your mail again phase in our relationship. So uh, I have not asked him to give me a ride in his Tesla. I think that that would probably come across as very odd to him. But Greg also wanted to know if full self-driving is what Tesla says it is. Now that question is actually more complicated than what it seems on the surface. So on the face of it, you've got the term full self-driving. Now, to me, that implies that the vehicle does all of the driving by itself. That's to me what full self-driving seems to imply. Uh, So if you told me that this is a full self-driving car, I would assume that you were talking about at least a level three autonomous vehicle. Now, as a reminder, there are six levels to autonomous driving as agreed upon by the Society of Automotive Engineers. Levels zero through two cover driver assist features, and they all require that a human behind the wheel continues to monitor the driving environment at all times. 
That is where Tesla's full self-driving mode actually falls. It falls in level two under some situations and level one under other situations. A level three autonomous vehicle would do all the monitoring of its environment by itself. Human override would still be possible in a level three autonomous vehicle. And in fact, it might be required for edge cases that pop up during driving or uh, certain conditions. Uh, So this means that a level three autonomous vehicle would still need controls. Like you would still need to have a steering wheel and an accelerator and a brake that a human could operate. If you did not have those controls, that car would need to be level four or higher, like level four or level five autonomous. So in addition, a level three autonomous vehicle would have conditional autonomy. So that means it only operates in autonomous mode if all those conditions are met. So that might include things like weather conditions. If weather is particularly nasty, like storming or something where you have heavy, heavy rains or maybe very dense fog, that might be a condition where the car will not operate in autonomous mode. Uh, They might also have a geofencing feature, meaning that you have to operate within a certain radius. And if you get outside of that radius of operation, the car will not work in autonomous mode and you have to drive it manually. So level three autonomy is conditional autonomy. Tesla's full self-driving mode does not get to level three yet. I think Tesla refers to its mode as full self-driving because it handles two separate driving functions at the same time under certain conditions. That is, it handles both the acceleration and braking of the vehicle, as well as the steering of the vehicle. A level one autonomous vehicle only handles one driving operation at a time. It can handle acceleration slash braking or steering but not both. So a car that has lane correction, for example, will guide a vehicle that's drifting out of a lane of traffic to go back into the lane of traffic. That's one job. It's steering. Or a a car that has adaptive cruise control will change the speed of the vehicle's travel based upon the speed of traffic around it. So if the car in front of you slows down, your car's adaptive cruise control will slow your car down too automatically. Full self-driving takes on both of those functions, at least in highway operation, and I'm guessing that's why Tesla called it full self-driving, because it controls both the acceleration and deceleration, as well as the steering. You as a driver don't have to do anything when in full self-driving mode other than maintain supervision of the vehicle and be ready to intervene at any given moment. So... This is still a very highly conditional mode. Full self-driving mode is meant for highway use. You can activate it when you're taking an on-ramp to a highway, and the full self-driving system, uh, this this part of full self-driving is in beta testing, by the way, but the full self-driving system can then navigate your car through highway traffic, including lane changes, to go to the appropriate exit. And it can even navigate through interchanges. So you can go from one highway to a different highway and continue on to your, you know, exit, the the appropriate exit for wherever you're going. At that point, you would then resume manual steering of the vehicle. There are also some non-highway modes that you can use in full self-driving. There's an auto park feature, which means you can you know, have your car park itself. It'll guide the Tesla to parallel park itself or to park in a perpendicular space automatically. And 
there's kind of the reverse of that. There's the summon feature, which, as you might imagine, summons your Tesla so that your car moves to where you are, kind of like an automated valet. And there's a mode that will automatically identify traffic lights and stop signs, which will guide your car to stop appropriately on city streets. So that would allow for acceleration, deceleration on city streets, but not steering. So as of right now, auto steer on city streets is not an option. It is listed as coming up, like an upcoming option, but it's not there yet. So on city streets, full self-driving really reverts down to a level one autonomous mode of operation because it handles acceleration and deceleration, but not the steering. And in all modes, Tesla drivers are expected to supervise the operation of the vehicle at all times. All right, when we come back after this quick break, I'll wrap up with uh, Greg's question here. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. 
In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So before the break, we were talking about how Tesla drivers have to maintain supervision of their vehicle, even in full self-driving mode, which keeps full self-driving at level two autonomous operation, at least in highway mode. Uh, On city street mode, you're still at level one. And Tesla, for for the record, they are upfront about this. So my beef with Tesla is that the names that it gives to these features like autopilot, which is the more basic set of driver assist features, and full self-driving, those names, at least to me on the surface, create a bit of misdirection. Uh, If you read up on it, if you actually go to Tesla's site and you read up on autopilot and full self-driving, you would quickly understand the limitations of those systems and the expectations Tesla has for its drivers. And you can probably suss out why Tesla chose those names in the first place. But I say on the surface level, those terms are misleading at best. I think they set particular expectations that aren't realistic. And I think those unrealistic expectations have factored into some truly tragic accidents. So is Tesla responsible for those high profile accidents that we have seen, some of which led to fatalities? That, to me, is a very difficult question to answer. So on the one hand, the company communicates to drivers the requirement of actively supervising the vehicle, not relying on it as a self-driving solution. They even go so far as to outright say it is not an autonomous vehicle. On the other hand, the marketing of these features, to me, suggests that the vehicle is capable of handling everything by itself. Full self-driving seems to indicate that the car will do everything for you. I don't think that Tesla should be totally off the hook here. I do think that Tesla drivers bear most of the responsibility for accidents. I do not want to give the implication that I think Tesla is fully responsible for any accident of a Tesla vehicle that was operating in full self-driving mode. I don't think that's true. I think that the drivers bear most of that responsibility, largely because Tesla does communicate what the limitations of those modes are to drivers before they can activate them. Whether the drivers read it or not is another question. It can be like one of those end-user license agreements that everybody, with few exceptions, just skips over so that they can click the I accept at the end of it and move on with their lives. Um, Only a few people ever bother reading those. And I worry that Tesla drivers can sometimes be the same way with the warnings and limitations of things like autopilot and full self-driving. So it's hard for me to remove all accountability from the company itself. I do think Tesla bears at least some responsibility, perhaps for poor communication of what these, these modes do, simply because the names are so evocative of things that that the, the modes just can't can't do. Anyway, as to whether full self-driving does what Tesla says it can do, I think, yeah, it does. If you actually read what Tesla says the mode does, uh, you have to take that time to do it. 
And if you don't do it and you just rely on the feeling you get from the name itself, you are going to walk away with the wrong impression. But at the heart of the matter, Tesla does pretty much, you know, spell out what the mode can and cannot do. So would I be comfortable riding with someone who activated Tesla's full self-driving mode? Let's say I get in my next door neighbor's Tesla. He takes me out on the highway and turns on full self-driving. Well, if I had previously ridden with the guy and I knew that he was a really good driver and that he was paying attention and that he's a responsible driver, then I'd probably feel comfortable because I would know that he would be continuously monitoring the situation and ready to step in should anything you know, out, unexpected happen. However, if the driver was someone that I felt was, you know, vaguely irresponsible and was clearly leaving everything up to the car, I absolutely would not feel comfortable at all. And I would be questioning every decision I had made in my life that led me to sit in that vehicle. I would be terrified. So I think the last several years have shown us that Tesla's particular approach to self-driving technology uh, has a really long way to go. It is tragic that in the process of learning about those gaps in capability, people have lost their lives in accidents. That is truly terrible. Obviously, it would be a lot better if any company would discover limitations like that through controlled tests that didn't endanger human lives uh, or the lives of you know other people who are on the road and aren't even involved in the vehicle itself. You could make the argument that the way Tesla has rolled out the features has inspired unrealistic expectations and has created situations where people have uh, abused the technology. Now, that's how I feel, but I also acknowledge that other folks might strongly disagree with me and say that the drivers should shoulder full responsibility for their actions. Uh, I don't quite feel that way because... I feel like if someone is selling you something and they call it one thing and it's only by reading the fine print that you realize it's not, it's not exactly what they're calling it. Some of that responsibility has to follow, fall on the vendor uh, for a kind of misrepresenting the product. That's just how I feel though. That's my own opinion. But thanks to Greg again for his request. He also sent a follow-up request asking me to do a full episode treatment for Onkyo. I talked about how the company that created the Onkyo brand has gone out of business. The brand itself lives on. So a few people on Twitter have similarly asked me to do a full episode on Onkyo. So I'm going to be tackling that very soon. Keep an ear out for it. And if you would like to leave me a message that would become a future Tech Stuff Talkback episode, like I said, just go download the iHeartRadio app on your smartphone, navigate to Tech Stuff. You'll see that there's that little microphone icon both on the main page and within each episode. You click on that, you record your 30-second message. Remember, let me know if you uh, want that to audio to actually play within an episode, and then I will take care of it from there. Uh, it's a great little feature, and I'm really enjoying uh, how it's working out so far. And I'm looking forward to hearing from more of you in the future. And otherwise, if you just want to get in touch with me on Twitter, you can still totally do that too. The handle for the show is techstuffhsw. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. 
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.